The Sangha is invited to come back to our breathing so that the collective energy of mindfulness will bring us together as an organism, flowing as a river with no more separation. Let the whole Sangha breathe as one body, chant as one body, listen as one body, transcending the boundaries of a delusive self, liberating from the superiority complex, the inferiority complex, and the equality complex. Come down, come.
For those of uh, us who do not uh, understand English, should wear earphones. Những người nào mà nghe tiếng nghe tiếng Anh không hiểu thì phải đeo ống lên, đeo nghe lên. Tại vì sẽ có những cái mới trong tiếng Anh là tiếng Việt mình chưa nghe. Good morning, dear Sangha. Today is uh, the 13th of December, 2012, and we are in the Tangram Meditation Hall, Full Moon Meditation Hall, New Hamlet, in the Winter Retreat, 2012-2013. Last time we spoke about home and uh, we know that once we are home we don't we no longer feel lonely. We feel at home, warm, comfortable, safe, fulfilled. So home is a place where uh, loneliness disappears. But where is home? And the Buddha said it very clearly that home is in us and there is an island that you have to go back to, the island of self. 
And this is a practice, not a theory. Loneliness is the ill-being of our time. We feel very lonely, even if we are surrounded by many people. We are lonely together. And uh, there is a vacuum inside of us. We we don't feel comfortable with that kind of uh, vacuum. So we try to fill it up by connecting with uh, other people. We believe that uh, when we can connect with other people, and then the feeling of loneliness will disappear. And technology supplies us with a lot of uh, devices in order to connect, stay connected. We always stay connected, but we feel lonely, continue to feel lonely. We check email several times a day. We send email several times a day. We post messages every time a day. We want to share. We want to receive. And we're busy. Yeah, we get busy during the whole day in order to connect. But that does not help with loneliness, with uh, reducing the amount of loneliness in us. This is what happens in the present moment in our modern civilization. Our relationship is not good. We are not in good relationship with our partner, with our brother, with our sister, with our parents, with our society. We feel very lonely. And uh, we have used technologies in order to dissipate, to try to dissipate that feeling of loneliness, but we do not, we have not succeeded. In, uh, in the tradition of Plumblish, every time we sit down on our cushion, that is uh, to connect with ourselves. Because we, in our daily life, we are disconnected with ourselves. We walk, and we don't know that we are walking. We are there, but we do not know that we are there. We are alive, but we do not know that we are alive. We are losing ourselves. We are not ourselves. And that is happening almost all, all day long. So the act of sitting down is an act of revolution. You sit down and you cut off, you stop that state of uh, being, losing yourself, not being yourself. And when you sit down, you connect to yourself, and you don't need an iPhone 
a computer to do that. You just need to sit down mindfully and breathe in mindfully. And in a few seconds, you connect with yourself. You know what is going on. What is going on in your body. What is going on in your feelings, in your emotions. What is going on in your perceptions, and so on. You are already home, and to take care of home. You have left home for a long time, and home has become a mess. So going home means to sit down and be with yourself and connect with yourself and accept the situation as it is. It is a mess, yes, but I accept it. Because I have left home for a long time. I have allowed things to happen like that at home. So now I'm home. I, I will rearrange everything. And with my in-breath, my out-breath, my mindful breathing, I begin to smile at everything. And I will tidy up my home. I allow my body to release the tension. While breathing in and breathing out. And the Buddha told me how to do that how to breathe in, and how to release the tension in my body. I'm aware of my feeling of loneliness, of sadness, of fear, of anxiety. I smile to the feeling of loneliness, of fear, of anxiety. I say, my dear loneliness, I know you are there. I'm home to take care of you. And you make peace with your loneliness. You make peace with your fear. There's a wounded child in you. You recognize her. You recognize him. And you embrace him, her, tenderly in your arms. That is the act of going home and taking care of home. Every time you make a step, whether you are breathing in or breathing out, you go back to yourself. Every step brings you home to the here and the now so that you can connect with yourself, your body, your feelings. And that is a real connection. And you don't need uh, a lot of uh, technology to do that. And this is uh, the revolution. This is the... Uh, the way to heal ourselves and our society. We are losing ourselves. We are lost. We have to find ourselves again. We have to go on. And Christmas is a time when we have to practice going home.
there is the uh, illusion of uh, connection. You think with that technology, with these uh, devices, you can connect, but you cannot really connect. How can you connect with another person when you cannot connect with yourself? So the teaching of the Buddha going home to the island of self is the way to heal our society, to heal ourselves. So with uh, the act of uh, breathing in, you go inside. The way out is in. When you take a step, you go in yourself. Because that step brings you home to the here and the now, help you to connect with your body. Your body is your breathing. Your body is your feet. Your body is your lungs. And you are connecting with body, with feet, with uh, breath, with lungs. You are home because body is part of your home. When you spend two hours with your computer, you forget entirely that you have a body. And with you, without your body, how can you be alive? So in Plum Village, many uh, of us uh, uh, program a bell of mindfulness in our computer, and every 15 minutes we hear the bell, and we stop working, we stop thinking, we go back to our in-breath, we enjoy breathing in, and we connect with ourselves, and we smile. We become alive again. We know that we have a body, which is a wonder. Our body is a wonder. And connect is, first of all, connect with body. And then there is a feeling, whether that is a feeling of sadness, or anger, or loneliness, it is us. We connect with our in-breath and out-breath, and then with that mindful in-breath, we connect with our feelings. We smile to our feelings. We say, don't, don't worry, I'm home, I'll take care of you. And you embrace your feeling with tenderness, whether it is fear or anger or loneliness, and warm up ourselves with that kind of practice. This is an act of going home truly, and you don't need a technological device to do so. Be a home for yourself. The Buddha said, be an island unto yourself. Atta Dipa Sarana, taking care, taking refuge in the island of self. That is the practice recommended by the Buddha. So when you walk from the parking lot to your office, why don't you go home with every step? Why don't you why do you continue to think, to worry, to suffer? 
Every step can bring you home. You walk like a Buddha. You walk like a, a free person. And that is possible. You recover yourself. You connect with yourself with every step. And freedom is possible. And you are recuperating yourself. You are not losing yourself anymore. You connect with your body. You connect with your feeling with every step. And every step brings you freedom. And if you can find a home for yourself, you can help your partner to find his or her. Because she is lonely also. He is lonely also. And he is looking for, for home, for some warmth, some safety. And that is why once you have got a home, you can go to your partner. You can go to the other person. And since you have a home, you are in a position to help him to have a home also. And you are confident because you know how to how to connect with yourself, how to have a home for yourself. So that confidence in you will inspire him or her to do the same. She can find a home in you and then she will lean on that in order to build a home in her. But before you can go to him, to her, to help, you have to help yourself. You have to connect with herself. And then when you have uh, been able to connect with yourself, and then the next step is possible, will be successful to connect with the other person. And without the first step, the second step is not possible. And you don't really need an iPhone or something like that. You need your eyes to look at him with compassion. Even if uh, she is not in the same town, you can connect with him, with her easily, because you are already yourself, you are already home. And whatever you say, whatever you think, will help her, will help him to recover herself. And then when she was able, when she is able to go back to herself, and your relationship become a real relationship. Because both of you have home. And that's why when you come together, you find home in each other at the same time as in each of you. And this is a collective home for both of you.
there's a home here, there's a home here, and there's a collective home here. And it is the base of everything. If you want to help society, if you want to help community, if you want to help your country, and then you have to base on this. And when you have a true home, you have happiness, you have safety, you have fulfillment, and then you are in condition to go to the other. Whether they are an individual or they are a society, a group of people. So this is the way prescribed by the Buddha. Everything has to begin with yourself. And the teaching, the practice is very clear. Every breath, every step, every sitting, every act like uh, drinking, uh, cleaning, if uh, done in mindfulness, help you to go home and to enjoy the wonders of life around you and in you. Your body is a wonder. And the hill, the clear streams of water, they are all wonders. And they have the power to heal. And Brother Fab Jung is uh, is trying to put these ideas into a, a little page and send to our friends so that they can practice uh, uh, during the uh, Christmas season, the practice of going home to heal ourselves and help heal the world. Now we have to go back to the Sutra. <coughs> you know that uh, that uh, Han formation. Samskara. Samskrita, samskara. Formation is a Buddhist term, a technical term to designate uh, uh, everything, like a flower, uh, a marker, a uh, book, a person, uh, a tree. Everything is a formation. We don't see things, we don't say things, but we say formation. Or sometimes we, 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 we call them Dhamma, 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 Pháp. Entities, 
essences. The cloud is a dharma. The cloud is a formation. The rock is a, is a dharma. The rock is a, a formation. As far as teaching is concerned, the dharma should be in capital letter. The D should be. In. Uh, I take refuge in the dharma. But dharma here means uh, things, things, formations. And the word formation is a good word because uh, everything is have to lean on other things in order to 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 be formed. Formation is called composed things. Composite things. An agglomeration and coming together of many elements. But there are many ways of looking at things. Those who do not have uh, insight, they call it uh, regular uh, uh, people. (laughs) Regular people (laughs) who do not... (laughs) People, farm, farm food, uh, ordinary people, ordinary people, they see formations as uh, having their own nature, solid, permanent, as self, as essences. They see uh, formations as self and uh, and and uh, essence atma and dharma and they see that uh, there is action there is an actor and there is uh, a person who received the fruit of the action. There is uh, the actor, and there is uh, someone who received uh, the fruit of his action. Takya Thoya. And ordinary people the people who have not got the insight, they believe in formations as separated uh, entities, permanent, having self, and they believe that there is, uh, uh, there are uh, owners of the body, of the mind, there is uh, an actor that acts and there is a filler, a receptor, a receiver of uh, the fruit of uh, action, of his action. And also, looking at formations like that, they see, uh, they see things in terms of, 
of uh, being and non-being. Baba and Ababa. They look at things in terms of being and non-being. They look at things in terms of actor and and receiver, and they also see uh, uh, birth and death, production and destruction, creation and destruction. So this is uh, the the historical in the historical dimension. We see there is a birth and death, being and non-being. Uh, uh, actor and receiver uh, and all these uh, phenomena, phenomena that exist uh, outside of each other having separate uh, own uh, nature and that is the conventional truth. But when we, uh, when we look more deeply, we touch uh, the ultimate truth which is uh, uh, which is uh, which has mm, which is of the nature of no birth and no death. What's in here? No being, no non-being. No actor, no receiver. And finally, no, no formation. empty formation. And uh, this sentence, this utterance of the Buddha can be found in the Itivuttaka. Itivuttaka is a new thing. New thing. And also in the Udana Vô Vấn Tử Thuyết. And the and the sentence is like this: Big Bhikkhu monks. There is uh, the born, the becoming the doing and the formation. But there is also the no not born, not becoming, not acting and not formation. If there there was no if this uh, non not born, not becoming not non-acting, not mm, mm, no formation, 
is not there and there will be no escape for what is born, for what is becoming, from what is acting and from what is uh, uh, compositing. That sentence is an uttering of the Buddha, utterance of the Buddha, and that can be found in both, uh, in both uh, uh, scriptures, Itivutaka and Udana. And in the Chinese um, scripture, we find it again in the Dhammapada, Chinese Dhammapada. So, if you base, if we base on this, we can set up five uh, kind of uh, nidanas. First of all, there is ignorance. Avidya, and because uh, of uh, ignorance, you see the world as uh, formations. Formations as self and essence. Self and essence. And that is why you, you can see the owner, the actor, and the receiver. Self. And as you see, uh, a permanent self, a separate self, uh, you see that uh, he can be there or he cannot be there. She can be there or he, she cannot be there. And uh, you have the notion of uh, being and non-being. So you have one, two, three, four nidanas. And as you see, you see things in terms of being and non-being, you see all things also in terms of birth and death. Clear enough. Simple enough. And you, you, you get a set of five nidanas that are very, uh, uh, very, very um, harmonious. If there is no ignorance, and then you look at uh, the world, not in terms of uh, self and separated uh, essences. So the stealing, the, the pacification of uh, the formations, you see, you see formations not in terms of, uh, of self, and separate uh, own beings, but you see them as uh, co-arising. Co-being, inter-being, inter-arising. You see, in in the light of uh, co-arising, 
with uh, ignorance, you see them as self and separated essence. But with uh, with uh, insight, which means with uh, right view, with right view, we see formations as uh, leaning on each other in order to manifest. Sometimes we, we call it itakai. Basing on other things in order to arise. This is a parakampita, paratantra. So with uh, ignorance, you see formations as self and uh, essence. But with insight, with right view, you see them as uh, co-arising entities. And then if you see them as uh, co-arising entities, you don't see them as... uh, in terms of uh, actor and receiver anymore. No, no self. No self. There is uh, the rain, but we don't need a rain to make the rain. And then when, when you see they are self, and then you, you see them in terms of being and non-being. But when you have seen no self, and then you transcend also the notion of uh, being and non-being. So over here, with ignorance, to be or not to be, that is the question. But over here, to be or not to be, is no longer the question. Because you see the world not in terms of being and non-being anymore. And this is the teaching of the Kakjayana Sutra. The Kakjayana Sutra, Kajingjiang Sutra, stay very clearly Right view is the view that transcends the, the, the notion of being and non-being. <coughs> and as you touch the nature of no being, no non-being, you touch the nature of no birth and no death. And when you see the no, nature of no birth and no death, is no longer any samsara. No samsara to get out. Here you think there is samsara. Lung hoi.
no samsara. So samsara is a notion and not a reality. Because you you are you are caught by avidya, ignorance, ta kien. That is why you see formations as having self and essence. That is why you see uh, self and non-self. That is why you see being and non-being. That is why you see birth and death. But with right view, you look and you see that everything lean on each other in order to arise. You see the true nature of emptiness, and there you see there is no self at all. There is no being and no being, non-being. There is no birth and no death, and you don't see any samsara to get out. If there is a samsara, and then you have to struggle in order to get out. But if there is no samsara, there is no problem. You don't need to struggle in order to get out of Lung Hoi anymore of samsara anymore. And no samsara, samsara is nirvana. It's a samsara. So with the uh, with the wrong view. You see things in this way and you are caught in samsara. And with the right view, you see things in this way and suddenly you don't make any move and you are not in samsara. It's not a problem of traveling from samsara, outside of samsara, but the way of looking at things. So this is a problem of uh, knowledge, salvation by knowledge, by insight. And that is why you have to look at uh, nidanas in, as, um, in terms of uh, epistemology. nhận thức rồi and the nidanas the twelve nidanas that we used to see a lot in the sutras they are not expressed in terms of epistemology nhận thức rồi the aim is to explain samsara the aim is to explain the continuation of birth and death it's Buddhism, but you have to put things at the right place. Can we erase and continue? Yes. <clears throat>
and you can also go <clears throat> from the other direction and it still works wonderfully. You begin from here because of uh, ignorance you see the world in terms of birth and death. In fact, birth and death are only notions. When you look at a cloud, you see that a cloud cannot, cannot die, cannot disappear altogether. A cloud can only become snow or rain. So a cloud cannot really die. And a cloud is not born from nothing. A cloud is a continuation of the water vapor, of the water of the ocean and so on. So when you look on the surface, you see the cloud as having birth and death. But when you look deeply, you see the nature of no birth and no death of the cloud. So because of ignorance, you see birth and death. And because you see birth and death, you see being and non-being. And because you see things in terms of being and non-being, you see that uh, self, doer and receiver, self. I am not you. Father is not son. Israelis are not uh, Palestinians. And when we see we see self like that, we see formation as uh, as self and. Uh, We see, we see things as uh, permanent formations, as uh, as uh, self and uh, essences outside which others having their own true nature. And when and this uh, this uh, this world you live in, having birth and death, having being and non being, having self, having uh, uh, permanent uh, entities, they are a construction of your mind. And you suffer and you go up and down, you suffer because of these notions. And that is why uh, you suffer samsara. Samsara. So, according to the sutra, if Tivutaka and Udana, 
you can begin with birth and death, being and non-being, doer and receiver, and formations. But you can do the other way because of ignorance. There is this world of mental construction, and in the world of mental construction you see self, you see being and non-being, you see birth and death, and you suffer samsara. And uh, what is wonderful is that the six nidanas, they engender each other, not only in a linear way, but also like this. Because of ignorance, you see birth and death. And as you see things in terms of birth and death, your ignorance becomes stronger. So this the first and the second. And the second with the third, and the third with the second. And we, we go like this. And the first not only produced the second, but the, first, the, the third, the first also produced the third. And the third produced the first. And the same thing is true with the fourth, the fifth, and the sixth, and vice versa. So one thing, one of the Nidanas contribute to strengthen, to form the other Nidanas. So we are not in a linear, linear uh, uh, structure. And this is more uh, of uh, the Buddhist insight. Because the, according to the Buddhist insight, there is no first cause. There is no first cause. The notion of first cause is contradictory uh, to itself. Because we, 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 uh, we need a cause for everything. It would not be satisfying if there is something without cause. So the first cause is uh, absurd. And in Buddhism, every cause is at the same time an effect. Like the cloud is the continuation of the vapor. It is an effect, but it is also the cause of rain. So cause must be effect at the same time. So now let us go to the 12 uh, Nidanas as it is presented in many, many sutras. Ignorance, leaning on ignorance, there are formations. And leaning on formations, the consciousness.
leaning on consciousness, there is a name and form. Then shut. Basing on name and form, we have uh, the six organ. Look me up. And because of the organ, sense organs, we have uh, the contact, the touch. Leaning on contact, we have uh, feelings, and leaning on feelings, we have uh, craving. Because of craving, we are caught, grasping, pull, and because of grasping, we have being, becoming, and because of being, we have to to suffer birth again, and because we suffer of birth, we have to suffer also of uh, old age and death. Mm. So last time we see that there are many uh, weaknesses in this kind of presenting. First of all, it is presented in the linear way. And he gave the impression that uh, ignorance is the first cause. But everything here contributes to strengthen, to make ignorance. So it's better to follow this uh, way of, uh, of presenting the Nidanas. Not only uh, ignorance uh, create formation, but also formation, the way we see things, strengthen ignorance. And the same thing is true with all the other Nidanas. So the linear structure is not the best. And we know that uh, in the light of uh, independent uh, co-arising, the notion of uh, only cause is not acceptable. The notion of first cause is not acceptable. Because when we observe things, we don't see anything as the first cause. Because everything is also an effect of everything else. 
So if we demand there is a safe uh, first course, uh, it's not consistent. It goes against our logic, our reason. And then if there is a first course, there is only course, which is uh, also an error. Because uh, when we observe things, we never see one cause can bring an effect. There, there is a multitude of causes in order for something to, to manifest. So both the uh, notion of first cause and only cause should be, uh, should be removed. <coughs> and presenting uh, the twelve nidanas uh, uh, in a linear way, linear way uh, can bring about that kind of misunderstanding. Uh, it uh, leads to misunderstanding. The second weakness of the set is that in presenting like this and then we cannot explain samskara, samskrita as formations in the in the original sense anymore. In the other set, we know that from ignorance, we see the world as formation. And formations are the phenomenal world. There are physical formations like a tree, like a rock, the mental formation, like our anger, our fear, and there is a physiological formation, it's like body, and everything is a formation. And because of ignorance, we see formations as separated entities, and this is very logical. And here you have to explain formation here is uh, Samskara, samskara here is not formation. Samskara here is some kind of impulses, some kind of karma. And many teachers describe it, this karma in terms of uh, uh, mind, mind the, the action of the mind, the action of uh, the body, and the action of, uh, of the speech. But how, how can it be possible to have that kind of uh, karma formation when mind and body and system are only appear here, down here? So it's not logical that uh, formation as explained as uh, karma, as action, karma, uh, come first. And, and then the action of the mouth and of the body and of the mind come later on, much later. That is the second weakness. Not as formation. 
formation should be understood as uh, dhammas, as uh, phenomena, as uh, formations, as composite things. And if we understand formations as uh, phenomena, and then they include already the five scandals. Because uh, consciousness is one of the five scandals. Organs, name and forms, also the body, also already belong, it is also a form, already a formation. The five scandals the formations the five scandals are form feelings, perceptions, mental formation, and consciousness. And formations here include mental formation. Formation here is all kind of formations. Formations here include physical formation, mental formation, and uh, and physiological formation. And that is why if we understand formation as all kind of formations, and then consciousness already appear here, and uh, feeling already appear here, the six organs already appear here. And also consciousness also is is here. So formations here means the five scandals. The five scandals. But the five skandhas look with ignorance. It is the five uh, If we have a right view, we don't see them as upadana skanda, but we see them as skandhas in, in the light of interbeing, inter-co-arising. But because there is ignorance, we see the five skandhas as... Uh, as uh, as uh, self 
and separate uh, So all these things. The third, the fourth, the fifth, the sixth, the seventh are all the included and in the five skandhas in the formations. And uh, it is possible to remove them. They are not necessary. They are all included in formations. Nam thủ ứng, nó khác với nắm ứng. Nắm thủ ứng là có ngã, có pháp. Còn nắm ứng, mình nhìn dưới ánh sáng của vô ngã, thì nó không có bó buộc mình. And then the third weakness is that uh, the feelings bring about craving. Because the feelings may bring the opposite. Because when we speak of feelings, we speak of three kinds of feelings. Pleasant feeling, unpleasant feeling, and neutral feelings. And to, to produce, uh, to, to, uh, to, um, to describe feeling only as pleasant feeling is not correct. In fact, unpleasant feeling, painful, painful feeling is more are more numerous than pleasant feelings. So it is wrong to to describe feeling as only pleasant feeling. And here, the seven nidana describe feelings as a pleasant feeling. Laptop. It's very clear. Because if it is a painful feeling, and people will not crave for it. And that is the weakness of this set. If it, it, if it is a, a painful feeling, and it will not lead to craving. It leads to aversion. It leads to a tendency to run away, to suppress, to destroy. Feeling is only pleasant feeling. That is a mistake. And the fourth is that we blame on the, the five scandals. We blame on our mind and body as the cause of, uh, of craving, of grasping. But uh, 
great beings like uh, Buddhas and Bodhisattva, they also have a mind and body. They only have uh, six uh, sense organs. But why they don't produce uh, craving and attachment? So that is not kind, uh, nice to blame everything on the five, uh, on the body and mind, on the six uh, uh, sense basis, right? And here it, it looks like uh, uh, mind and body, six senses can only bring about grasping and uh, craving. And this is, uh, is this, this not fair. You blame everything on mind and body. Why the body and mind of a Buddha can generate the feeling of compassion, of, uh, of uh, detachment, of uh, equanimity. Mind, body, leading to suffering. Attachment and suffering. Namely to, uh, to craving and attachment. So in order to be fair, we have to mention all three kinds of feelings here. And we have to mention also uh, not only craving, but uh, aversion. Hating. I or this is a hating. Because when there is a nice feeling, uh, you like it. But when there is a painful feeling, you hate it. So it's not true to say that the, the, the feelings only give uh, birth to, to, to craving. And it's not fair to blame uh, all the suffering to uh, the five scandals. If the five scandals are not uh, are, are, are free, and then they will not produce these things like this. They produce these things only when they are attached. They are subject to, to attachment. And then the, as far as grief, grass, the, the, the nine, neither nine is uh, concerned, to say that his attachment is not uh, complete, you have to say the opposite, which is sa, uh, to release. Because uh, when we recognize something as uh, producing suffering, we are capable of letting go. Letting go should go with grasping as a couple, as a pair of opposite. It's like a craving and hating. It should come as an opposite. Like a 
birth should go with death, being should go with non-being, and so on. And the uh, next uh, weakness is that uh, being is named here as the cause of birth and death and all age. And this is uh, the most serious uh, shortcoming. We blame everything on being. We blame that if uh, if we suffer because of being. It means that we, we should aspire to something else rather than being, and that is non-being. But we know that the purpose of the practice is not to attain non-being. So this gives a very serious uh, misunderstanding that the aim of the Buddhist practice is to die forever, to attain, to obtain non-being. And because they omit the opposite, they should mention also being and non-being. If I have to forget the mention the opposite, craving and hating, grasping and releasing, being and non-being. What we we should get out of is the notion of being and non-being. What we should attain is not just being, and that is the whole difference. It leads to many misunderstandings. And many Western uh, scholars, when they find this kind of text, they arrive with the conclusion that the Buddhist aims is to erase being. And they want to die forever. They don't want to be reborn anymore. But voshin, the aim of the practice, voshin mở roi, It means vô diệt, bất diệt. At the same time. Being should go with <coughs> not being. in order not to give the impression that the Buddhists are looking for non-being so that they will not be born again. The Buddhists are very afraid of being born. That's not true. Because you like to sing happy birthday to you. <laughs> and what we, we don't like is the notion of, uh, of birth and death. So we have to bring birth, that here, up here, which is a, a pair of opposites. And the purpose of the practice is to transcend all these notions 
birth and death, being and non-being, grasping and releasing, uh, craving and uh, hating, because we have seen the truth, and that is why things cannot uh, uh, pull ourselves away anymore. We have our freedom from all of this. And if uh, if we get if uh, if uh, if we don't see uh, birth and death, being and non-being, and then there will be no age, no death, no birth, no uh, no suffering, no samsara. So this is samsara. So if we bring that up here, and then we can make the term as samsara. Lung hồi. Birth should go with death. And when we are free from, from birth and death, naturally we are free from, from samsara. So the twelve, the twelve, maybe call samsara. So the nine weak, uh, weakness of the set is to give the impression that uh, the Buddhists they, they they only likes one thing non-being that uh, that non-being is them eternal death is. Uh, is the aim. This is very serious. There are already five or six Western scholars on Buddhism who have arrived at this conclusion that Nirvana is only eternal death that follow maybe a period of 20, 30 years uh, when the saint is still alive. When the saint, when the arat is still alive, he spends some nirvana. And after he died, he will die forever. And that is nirvana. Nirvana utramo. And we find out that this set of Nidanas aim at explaining explaining samsara the mechanism of birth and of reincarnation rather than to help us uh, connect with the ultimate 
the conventional, we look deeply in such a way that we can connect with the ultimate. And uh, the teaching and practice leading us to the ultimate uh, dimension should be able to help and not to, to, to stand on the way. So this way of presenting the 12 links can be useful elsewhere, but not in the teaching of uh, the middle path, because this teaching is không liệu nghĩa. This teaching is does not help us to be connected to the ultimate reality, because it is against the middle path. The the way. It is uh, presented. There's only one side. Craving without hating, grasping without releasing, being without non-being, birth without uh, death. So this has no epistemological purpose. This is uh, not presented in the light of uh, of uh, of the practice of uh, of looking deeply of uh, of um, uh, meditation because uh, we know that in Buddhism salvation liberation is made not by prayer but by looking deeply and when you look deeply you get the insight and you get out of uh, notions of birth and death being a non-being self and uh, phenomena as uh, separate real entities. And when you have seen that, samsara just disappears. You don't have to get out of samsara. There is no samsara at all. Why do you have to struggle in order to get out? Do you think that the cloud has to struggle in order to get out of birth and death? It is now free of birth and death. And we also, <coughs> our nature of the nature of no birth and no death. And we know that science has come, have got a glimpse on that also, because the first uh, law of uh, thermodynamics tells us that there is nothing born, nothing died. The law of, of the conservation of matter and energy tells us that you cannot create matter. You cannot destroy matter. You cannot create energy. You cannot destroy energy. Uh, energy and matter, their nature is no birth and no death. But science has not been able to make use of that insight in order to deal with their suffering, with the suffering of the scientists. And in uh, if we work only with our mind, we can see that uh, freedom is possible, nirvana is possible. The realm of no birth and no death is there. But still we continue to suffer. Like someone who has found uh, a well, 
so deep, they know that there is water, they can see the water. But they don't have an instrument in order to get the water down from down here, to up here to drink. So all those scientists have, have, have agreed that uh, nothing born, nothing died, but are still suffer of the fear of birth and death, being a non-being. And that is why uh, it's not a problem of uh, concepts, intellectualizing the problem of uh, meditation, live in such a way that the wisdom, the insight become a part of our daily life. When you look at things like a cloud, like uh, our partner, we have to see the nature of the nature of no birth and no death, no being and no, no non-being. And if you continue like that, uh, we will be free from fear, from, uh, from uh, discrimination, from anger, and so on. And that, that freedom from fear, anger, and discrimination, it is nirvana. It is possible. The five mindfulness trainings are a very concrete uh, uh, expression of the, of the path. Uh, the fourth noble truth, the fourth noble truth, reflecting the insight of uh, of uh, interbeing, the insight of no birth and no death. And if we really try to to live according to the five trainings, we can experience freedom and nirvana every moment. It's like uh, when we uh, step on a is um, when we step on a thorn and we got the thorn inside of our flesh we suffer we suffer and we think that there will be no peace un- unless we take it out and when you are able to take the thorn out, you feel wonderful. That is freedom. That is nirvana. So every, every, every afflictions like anger and fear and loneliness, they are like thorns, and you suffer because the thorn are in there. So if we can extract one thorn, we experience one freedom, and we have nirvana that part of nirvana. So to remove uh, afflictions like uh, fear, anger, despair, loneliness is possible. And if you feel free and light, that is nirvana. Don't say that nirvana is something abstract, far away. It is possible in the here and the now. With every step you make in mindfulness, you get free. And that freedom is nirvana. Free from the past, free from the future, free from your worries, that is nirvana. So there are two kinds of uh, obstacles for nirvana. The first one is uh, afflictions. Fear now. And the second one is a shirti. 
anger, fear, despair, afflictions, and our prejudices, our wrong perceptions. Perception of being and non-being, perception of self and no-self, all these are obstacles for, for nirvana. As we remove one by one our afflictions and our, our, our wrong perceptions, we enlarge our freedom. And that freedom is nirvana. In the here and the now. And nirvana is not eternal death, like people say. Nothing weird, huh? Is uh, is uh, clear enough? Good.